Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Uh, myself, I'm Joe Oberly, uh, senior writer at Purple PTSD and VikingsTerritory.com. And I'm joined each week by my buddy Mark Craig, uh, Star Tribune NFL insider and Viking writer, longtime Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. Uh, kind of in the dog days of summer here. And in the Viking schedule, which we've been for some time now, there I don't even think there's nobody around down there, so there's not a heck of a lot to write about. So I thought I should talk about the 100-foot putt I made yesterday out at Stonebrook. I, you, know, you think that's worthwhile? The folks want to hear about that. For an eagle? Uh, no, for a par. It was preceded by three rotten shots. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm I'm get off, that. Then into the trap, and then way the heck, you know, so – but you know, it was made for a nice par. You know, so what, what I once say? saw Patrick Royce make a hundred foot putt on the uh, at the the last hole of the uh, of the TPC. It was a media day, and for to shoot probably about a two thousand uh, <laughs> with with eighteen mulligans, uh, and he raised. I brought this course to its knees. So uh, that's a, my only other hundred footer I've ever seen. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, he used to write those stories for. Star Tribune about uh, uh, his golf exploits. They were fun, but then he gave up the game, so he'd stop. Well, he's, yeah, he, he scalded a ball into Wayne Levy's ankle and uh, dropped the defending champion one year, and I think that, that shook the uh, the wiser, older owl. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, yeah, probably a good idea, I guess. Well, I suppose we should talk about the Vikings. There's yeah, yeah. not a, a lot of heck of a lot going on, but, you know, you scour the – the internet and see what you can find. And I just, I just wanted to talk about this note. Maybe we can talk about the head coaches a little bit, but I read an article on purpleptsd.com by Kyle Judry uh, in which he said that uh, Kevin O'Connell has a chance to be only the third Vikings head coach to win back-to-back division titles. Wow. Think about that. You know, I, I, I grew up in an era uh, when uh, those were given you know, that Vikings year to year were going to win the title just by how many and then maybe gone deep in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. But like, this gives you a hint to that. But who, who are the other two coaches that have done that and the Vikings that have won? I mean, it's not that tough to figure out. But tell me, you know, I just thought, uh, as you early start, did you look at, I don't know, did you look it up? Uh, I, I yeah, uh, Kyle did. So I, I, I know what it is. Well, okay. But, well, uh, yeah. Well, well, Kyle's, yeah, Kyle's. Kyle's digging in no, the bushes, so, huh? So I'm taking some time off, Kyle. I don't care. You can go ahead and look. <laughs> um, so who else would it be? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, one of them. Chili. Oh, yeah. Denny so, do it. Yeah, it was Chili and Bud. Chili and Bud Grant. Oh. Yeah. And well, think I think there, there were three of them. Yeah, Chili, Bud Grant, and KOC. Well, he, KOC would be the chance to win the third, be the third. Oh, he'd be the third one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Okay. Well, yeah, but uh, Detroit's a little more ornery now than they were during the Bud years. But Bud, uh, I think Mike Tice was eight zero against Detroit. But Bud was like twenty six and four against Detroit, something like that. So, uh, not not that Bud, not that Bud couldn't beat other teams, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, there was a Detroit uh, was kind of a gimme back in the day. You know, they're, uh, they're, one of the, the the Vikings are about sixty three years old, and for about. 30 of those years the Packers have had a Hall of Fame quarterback. So it's like uh that's true. It's hard to win whenever you you have Brett Favre have a a 20-year car or eight, whatever he was, 18 there, and then 
followed by another 18 years by another guy that's pretty good. So, well, you know, that, that raises a good point. I mean, that, that means it is going to be tough for Kevin O'Connell this year, especially during what uh, looks to be a, uh, a more so of a intensive rebuild than the last year's competitive rebuild when they did go 13 and four and win the, win the uh, NFC North, it's, it's going to be tougher with, like you say, Detroit, everybody's picking Detroit to win this division. And, you know, they pick the Packers every year, and I think it's more there's more Packer fans out there in the media because you know, even even back in the Bud years, I'd go on, look at Sports Illustrated. That's what I subscribed to back then. And every year, Dr. Zimmerman, you know, Dr. Z would pick the Packers, anything but the Vikings. And it didn't matter if the Vikings went to the Super Bowl the previous year. He'd be picking picking somebody else, anybody but the Vikings. And uh well, no, I mean, I know the Packers didn't win it last year, but, you know, the Packers not having having Aaron Rodgers uh, obviously just is, changes everything. I mean, even even if Jordan Loves ends up being a good player, there's going to be a transition year or two, I would I would assume. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, but, yeah, the, the popular pick is Detroit. The popular pick is, like, uh, you know, Detroit, how they ended, how they, you know, where they are. Um, you know, Campbell's got, like, certainly Campbell, there's a lot more respect for Jordan for Dan Campbell than there was when they were one and seven and trading away Hawkinson to, to the Vikings or whatever it was. Um, yeah. But, you know, you gotta be in the NFL. You, I don't think I'd ever want to be speaking from my experience with the Cleveland a few years back, uh, Philadelphia, when they had the dream team uh, that they were talking about in uh, maybe 10, 11, 12 years ago. I don't think I'd ever want to be that team unless you're like the, the Patriots with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I don't want to be that team. that Everyone's saying, Oh, they're the, they're the trendy pick there, you know, because right. they, they tend to never materialize. I would have to see. I mean, I, I like Detroit. I like where they're going, but I, I still got to see it to believe it because, you know, uh, they certainly well, are not a lock. Yeah, but, you know, I, I just saw something yesterday where they were picking the Vikings in the third in the division. So, I mean, I guess I go back to the point, you know, Detroit's going to be tough. There's no question about it. Uh uh, but everybody still's got love for the Packers, you know, and I'm not sure where it all comes from. Um, Jordan Love. They lost Aaron Rodgers, and there's going to be a transition. Jordan Love. I'm Jordan Love. Well, the Vikings have a pretty goddamn good offense coming back, you know. I know well, you didn't uh, say you didn't know you, you didn't know where the love was. That's what it is. Jordan Love, baby, come. God. Whew. Still, still must be thinking about my my hundred foot putt. I'm wondering how many times I mentioned that in this podcast. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know, the Vikings have a pretty good offense. It, it's coming back. There's a lot of weapons there. They've helped it. But, you know, granted, Dalvin Cook is going to be gone, and that, that will there'll be an adjustment there. But, you know, we're going to talk in the next segment about uh, the Vikings' offensive line in a positive way, something that hasn't been done for you. So I, I think in, in that regard, too, you know, they're going to have that offense. they got Brian Flores on defense, and, you know, there, there's some rebuilding to go on. But I don't think they're going to be any worse on defense than they were last year. And, you know, nobody's picking the rightfully so uh, the Bears to do anything. But, you know, they may jump up and surprise you too. But I just think there's not enough love for the Vikings yet. They, they It's the, it's popular to pick the Lions, and they always got to have the Packers. And they're probably because they know there's so many Packer fans out there, they got to keep keep those Packer fans interested. Wow, you, you are checking all the boxes for Vikings fans. Oh, you know, woe is us, woe is us. Uh, you say they can't get any worse on defense. Where, where you, they can get worse is they won a lot of games, or well, not a lot. They won a, a new a number of games, multiple games with uh, key 
takeaways at the end of games. Now, if they don't have those, they, they lose even, they lose more games. Right. I mean, it's not like, I mean, the defense was not good last year. It was not good, but the defense had moments where they, they won or contributed to winning games. If uh, I would say the defense last, you know, it, it, statistically it was, it was, it was bad, but there were, there were key moments where they had takeaways where they, they, uh, Buffalo is a, is a good example. Detroit. 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 Um, yeah. You know, the one uh, was it, uh, where Dancer had a takeaway at the end. Was that Detroit? Um, you no, know, that's the one guy that took, stole it out of the hands of the Detroit player. Bynum. Yeah. Yeah. So, or, yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying there that, yeah, don't, don't never say it. Point, be Mark, worse. Yeah. But on the other side of that coin, they had to come back on offense and win games that the De- defense could not make a stop near the end of the game and force them into that, you know, and so you got that offense that, that overcompensated or compensated for that uh, porous defense at the end of games. Cause that put them in a lot of positions. They, there are a number of times that they should have had that thing won if the defense makes a stop at one of the end of the games. Now, sometimes they did like you just mentioned, but I think, you know, you got, you got to balance that out with there's that other stuff to happen. And uh, I think if you just improve the defense a little bit, they're going to get younger on defense and you got Brian Flores and I'm hoping his scheme is going to be better. It sounds like you might revitalize Harrison Smith back there. A lot of new faces and that's going to take an adjustment, but I, I just, you know, well, they were ranked like 29th or 30th and 31st, second in most categories. You know, I just don't think they'll be. Yeah, I mean, that, to me, it's it's points allowed and, and takeaways uh, is probably what I would look at the most. Because you get in, you get involved in games like Buffalo, where you know I'm sure the off both offenses had a bunch of yards and stuff, and you know you win the game. You win the game also with it with um, with some defense being played uh, at the end of that game. Uh, uh, the uh, the corner, the little corner that went went to Vegas. God, it's off season, so I'm forgetting names. But yeah. uh, you know, he he comes in and as uh, his third play of the game, he's he's up playing their 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 big tight end and goes up and makes it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, I can't think of his name. The next play, next next play, Patrick Peterson has an interception. So that's where, okay, you know, yeah, you know, statistically it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. But there were some takeaways that that uh, you know that it wasn't like the defense didn't do anything. No, you're right, and and we're gonna have to uh, watch that through this year and see see you know it may, it look at those categories and see how the, if they do improve or if they do do worse uh, because um, uh, I said doo doo. I didn't say poo poo. Uh, <laughs> it it, uh, it it should be interesting watching that. That's where to me the, it's going to come down to the Viking season. Given that, well, go ahead. The bottom line is: should people expect the Vikings to win the, the division? Yes. I mean, it's it's a competition that's that it's theirs. It's their well. They they won it last year, um, and they have the ability to win it this year. If if they lose it, it's a bad season. If they if they if they give up the division, it shouldn't be well. You know, Detroit's, you know, was primed to make a move on them or make who knows the. We can't just dismiss the Bears out of hand. I mean, no. the Bears are going Bears are gonna turn around. They appear to be a couple years away, but this league is filled every year with worst to first, worst to first. It's true. Um, uh, Jacksonville was the worst in the league two years in a row. Last year, they they win their or uh, they they make the playoffs. Right. And, uh, you know, so to me, it's like, yeah, yeah. People should expect the this Vikings team. Don't don't do not give them a pass if they do, don't win the division. They should win the division. The offense should carry the defense 
and the defense should be more aggressive. So you expect to win the division. If you if you think, oh well, you know, if they don't win the division, there's no excuses. I, I'm not because they're good enough to win this division. You know, it, it, when you say that about Jacksonville, it, it it makes me think that you know it's always centered around the quarterback position. It took uh, what what the heck's that quarterback's name? The long hair, I can't. Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. It's taken him a while to get to where he is. Now they're they're picking him as his sneaky MVP and stuff for next year. And, and uh, uh, so you look at it's always so important about the development of the quarterback. Well, look at that in the, in the uh, NFC North uh, you've got Kirk cousins and Jared Goff, or, you know, you can go back and forth at who's better, whatever you want, but they're both established and they should be given that, given that metric near the top of the position, the uh, division, you got the other two, one in is going to be a starter for the first time uh, uh, with love in green Bay and Justin Fields, who's still trying to come into his own is getting better. So by, by that metric, you should be uh, it should be the Bears and the the Packers at the bottom of the division, and the Vikings battling the the uh, the uh, Lions. But uh, and with Kirk Cousins, who's the seasoned veteran of them all, and just won the division, he's got a great offense. It should be him, but I guess that's not. Well, uh, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even I wouldn't even qualify it as a tie like you did with Goff. I, Jared, um, uh, Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Jared Goff, I think. I agree. Um, I, I would take I would take Kirk over over Jared, and uh, I think uh, Jared Goff certainly has uh, took a took one heck of a step toward rewriting the whole he the whole idea that he was just a that he's just a throw in with the uh, the Stafford trade. Uh, that was a dangerous offense last year, but I'd still would take Kirk Cousins if you get, gave him you know who would you pick of the of the four? Kirk Cousins would be uh, wouldn't take me any any amount of time to say that's the quarterback that I would want of those four teams. You know so. So I'm, I'm going to go with it like this. I think the Vikings on offense have a chance to be better. They might not be better because they did lose Dalvin Cook, but I think they, they have a chance to be better this year. So it's going to depend on the defense. Looking at the defense then to improve, uh, I saw a piece in uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, speaking of them a little bit earlier, that uh, on a, a move the Vikings may, should be making this offseason. And I know you've talked a lot about this. I, I've never found time to get much of it in here, but you said there are some moves out there for the Vikings to – to make still yet now that they got some more cap room with the loss of Delvin Cook, uh, they they said they said that the Vikings could sign or should sign Trey Flowers, an edge rusher uh, who's uh, who has a history with Brian Flores. He was with uh, I think Detroit and Miami, probably down with Brian down in Miami, and but he's only played 18 games due to injury in the past three seasons. So that might you know that that might allow them to sign him. But it's also a risk. What, what do you think of? Well, he was also, and what what else can the Vikings do? I guess. I mean, he he was in New England too. Uh, oh, was he? Okay. So yeah, I mean, typically you'll you see that. I mean, I mean, I think they're waiting to see how the thing with the um, Daniel Hunter is going to work out. I mean, if they can't make Daniel Hunter happy and he's not around, you're definitely going to see a rent a, a rusher. And that you know, going back to the to the Chris Dolman, Chris Dolman's a Hall of Famer who was a, a renter rusher for the tail end of his career. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we get into these, uh, these hall of fame selection meetings and, and there'll be, there's always, a, yeah, there'll be a question of if a guy plays in like, you know, six teams in the Latin seven years or you know, whatever, some crazy amount, you're like, there'll be a seminal question. Like, well, why was so-and-so uh, you know, if he was so good, why was he always somewhere else, somewhere else, somewhere else. Mm -hmm. and, and in the case of, you know, some people that's, that's, yeah, that's a, that is a legitimate question maybe, but, when it comes to these pass rushers that can be 
they can be so uh, successful into their late 30s and even 40 years old that, you know, they go on a lot of one year deals. And, and a guy like, uh, well, Julius Peppers, you know, look at Pepper. He, he did have a long stay with Carolina and also, um, you know, uh, the Packers. Yep. He, he played multiple teams. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, Jared Allen was kind of, you know, he bounced at the very end from yep. Vikings, uh, Bears, and uh, the Panthers. You know, here's, here's Jared. He's banged up. He's at the end of his career. Probably, you know, he's only got, you know, his career is down to weeks and months. The Panthers are on are 15 and one on their way to the Super Bowl. They sign him, and he ends up helping them, you know, go to the Super Bowl. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's what the, I think they needed, even if they, even if Daniel is happy and, and, uh, whole and in camp, I, I would sure like to have another, another guy that you can bring in where, um, you know, you, you can have three of those guys going at, it. I, I'd, I'd like Wonham and, and, uh, and Pat Jones as, as guys that are, you know, spot players, but I'd, I'd love to have another, like, uh, a guy like that who has a history of being able to rush the passer. And in this case, um, you know, the injury factor, you take a risk because, you, you know, the reward would be better than what the risk, what, what a Trey Flowers or, you know, some of the other, guy, other guys in the past few weeks that I've mentioned um, that are off the tip of my tongue now. But, you know, those guys that can come in and, and, and cause some havoc, but you're not, you don't want, you don't need them to play 80% of the snaps. You don't need them to start. You just need them to like, hey, this is a coordinator that's going to be coming after the quarterback, and you need more people that can do right, that. Right, right. Yeah, I would love to see it. If he's healthy, I'd love to see him take it. I think he was a fourth-round pick at some point and uh, just has had some some injuries that have uh, uh, hampered him a little bit. You know, uh, I, you, you've talked other – I think you've suggested other – backers i don't know if you, or other players that they could pick up free agents still out there is there something else you'd like him to do would you like to get him someone on the interior defensive line or or el- other places that you'd like to see the vikings maybe take some of that cap money and and spend well some- I, you know, I think at this point of this you know at this point of the of the uh the progress toward a season i mean uh, most of the hay is in the barn right i mean you're yeah. kind of like uh, wow nice cliche i love it like that um <laughs> and and in saying that, I just take one cliche at a time. I, I don't look ahead, Joe. I try to st- I try to stay within myself, stay where my feet are planted, Joe. Um, that away. Woo! We might I, need a new tracker, cliche tracker here on. on I got. I got. I, I have thirty some years worth of listening to these guys. So, um, <laughs> so um, the haze in the barn. So yeah, uh, what were we talking about? Yeah, but yeah, I'd say that number one priority would be you know you know. Get a, getting another edge rusher because uh, the corners at this point, uh, they have a lot of guys that are could look good if they stay healthy. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a team where, especially at one position, where virtually every guy that's going to contribute for them or that they hope contributes for them has the injury question mark looming over. Them. Oh, it's my God. The starters, yeah. the third guy, the backups, uh, you extend it to the safety position with seen and I mean, and uh, it's wow. It's like, you know, they could be really, really good. They could be really, really bad because, yeah. you know, it's not that steady, uh, you know, performer that's that's durable, that you've just been proven to be durable. So uh, it'll well, be interesting to watch. 
that's that's a great point and uh and that no we'll we'll stop and take a break and we'll pick that up in the next segment because uh there was a uh espn ranked position groups on the teams the best and worst around the league and and uh uh, that's kind of a segue to what the, the best or worst might be for the Vikings. So we'll, we'll come back and talk about that. We'll take a break here on the Vikings. Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Come on back and give it a listen. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown uh, with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, we were talking at the tail end of last segment about uh, about the, the Vikings cornerback position, and I mentioned that the ESPN ranked position groups around the league best and worst for each team. And uh, it, uh, I think uh, Mark was starting to uh, elaborate on just uh, which one is the worst for the Vikings, or at least the most concerning. Uh, uh, and that would be the secondary or the cornerback group, because there's a lot of new faces around there. And, and as you pointed out, there's, there's a lot of injury concern. What, what, what can you tell me about that? And you, do you agree with that assessment as the, that's the worst position group? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, was it was it called the worst position or the biggest question mark? I, I forget. Most what concerning, at least the most uh, concerning. Poor, yeah, you know, poor ESPN. I'm surprised there's anyone left there to rank anything. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, what do you think about uh, that? Well, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I mean, the people that that ESPN's letting go now, they they live in a different uh, uh, zip code or uh, financial zip code than we do. So maybe they're maybe it's a top heavy deal with. Uh, but boy, a lot of uh, we start seeing some of the people that are going. It's uh, you know, it's a it's terrible to, to see anybody go, you know go through that. Is it basically uh, they're they're trying to cut salary and bring in younger guys to to? to well, play? I think I think a lot of whenever you know people like me at our age, I I cut the cord a long time ago. I think that, yeah. uh, and it's happened to me in my profession by the newspapers. By uh, we've we uh, whenever we started giving you know uh, the foot soldiers on, on the ground like myself that make don't make the decisions. We we kind of our eyebrows raised when we were raised when we were saying. They said, well, we're going to give away everything for free on the Internet the night before. <laughs> trust trust us. It'll work out. It'll work out. Don't worry about it. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, here we are. And But, you know, the cord cutters, uh, I think that impacted the ESPN. had to. My, my, my yeah. goodness. Are they, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to believe that ESPN would be. But anyways, uh, uh, we got off on a really wild tangent there. Well, it's just fascinating uh, to me. I mean, I've been in the business, and I've been in – and I used to work for the Timberwolves, and that's what uh, they – you know, I worked there for about six years and they came in at one point and said, yeah, you're making too much money. We want to bring in somebody right out of journalism school that uh, is cheaper and and uh, can, you know, do your job for less money. So, so, so once they once they got rid of you, they had the money to pay Garnett. Uh, it was around that time they were already paying him. So they had to find places in door to door. Well, you know, Gar- Garnett was making 120, what, 126 million at yep. that point. Yep. Yep. So where where can we get that money? Oberly. Overly, you're right. That you know, it was. It's. I have no idea that that that's what it seems laughable, but that's certainly what you point to at the time. It's like all the money goes downstairs to the locker room, and we get up here for peanuts. But I get it. You get younger kids in there, younger, hungry to work for a professional sports franchise, and then you get, uh, uh, you know, they they want raises each year, you know. But well, after a certain point, it, it you know we gotta start over again and that that's what i kind of think is going on in espn as well i mean you got you know it's easy to get hey you go work for espn everybody's gonna say you don't have to pay me i'll work for free you know butch weiniger for for the twins way back in the day uh anyway that is a tangent for another time for another day for another time but uh anyway but I, I think 
I think the point being that the corner, the corner position is there, whether you want to call it the, I don't, I, I don't think I'd call it the worst position just because we well, don't you did know. in your note to me. So you well, said, well, I said, I think it was, but my, my feeling is it's the position that the, the, is the biggest wild card, which if yeah. I'm an NFL team, I don't want that position being my, Hey, I wonder what's going to happen there. That's position. A good point. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, we're, we're set here. We're set there. But <laughs> if only our cornerbacks could cover people in this yeah. league, you know, uh, unless unless we're going back to the 1977, uh, I would be really concerned about my corners if I was a Vikings. And saying that, if um, if uh, Murphy comes through and is a heck of a nickel guy and stays healthy, great. Uh, and those other two guy, young guys, they come back and, they, and year two and they're healthy. Moves. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the, the guy that was actually uh, under the radar is the uh, – and, uh, man, I'm just totally blanking on names, but the Joe Juwan uh, Johnson, uh, who also had a shoulder injury, missed all of last year, yep. former Patriots, second-round pick. He looks he looks, uh, he looks looks the part and more when you see him in, in training camp or mm. in, uh, in camp, uh, real tall, long, and everything. If, if he comes through, that's great. But, you know, it's just a really scary position to be in when you don't have Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson was 105 years old, but Patrick Peterson was reliable. He was there every week. He was a great leader. Um, uh, had, he, was, knew, he, knew, he, knew, he knew the defense, he, or even when the defense was new. Uh, he was a guy that, you know, uh, he can be replaced because the age always overtakes everyone, but uh, it, it's scary not having a guy like him on the team. So that would be, yeah, my the biggest holy crap what's going to happen position would be cornerback. Well, you know, that that's kind of funny because when, when Patrick Peterson was signed, I mean, we were all excited about here because he's had the, the great uh, uh, career already. But that was what you worried about him, being able to stay on the field, field health-wise. And here it is, all these other younger guys are getting hurt around him. So it was like bizarro world where expected Peterson to – play a few games, get hurt because he's old, and then someone else have to take over, but it was a complete opposite. Um, but let me ask you that. I mean, yes, injuries are a concern. You had seen going on with the broken foot, ankle, leg, whatever it was down there. Uh, you got Andrew Booth, who came in with a history injury, got injured, and did not play. Now, do you believe that injuries are uh, unavoidable and stuff that just happens? And I would think in – in scenes case, that's the case. You don't break your leg every day in football, but it does happen. Uh, Andrew Booth, maybe does he have a history of this and that he's just one of those breakable guys? I mean, I'm thinking that odds are they got to be got to be healthier this year, just because that's the way injuries take place. Well, uh, in, in normal normally I would agree with you, but in the case of of, uh, of Booth. Um, I go in expecting him to have an injury and if he proves us wrong, great, because that's, that's what he was in college. And that mm-hmm. what, I mean, even whenever he got, he got introduced here, he was saying he's had, he's never, he hasn't been healthy since yeah, probably his true. first couple of years in high school. So he's always had, you know, it's always been, uh, you know, legs and the groin and just, just different things. So uh, if, if he's the kind of guy that flames out and doesn't have a, a good career and, and he's done, before he's 28, 25, whatever, or 26, you know, they can't be excused. It can't be, well, you know, guys have injuries. The guys drafting him, that's one that's going to be a check mark in the bad okay. column. I don't, I don't care how, what people want, people want to excuse it. 
go ahead. But in my book, that's one that from day one, when he was drafted, we that was the question mark. And if he yeah. can't overcome that, then the guy who drafted him, that's his fault. And so uh, that's one where I'm thinking, okay, um, this, you know, this could happen. Could happen. Now the other one, the concussions um, with a Caleb yeah, Evans. Gosh, I, a Caleb Evans. A Caleb Evans, and yeah. um, you know that's a case where you know I don't put that on the Vikings as much because I don't think he he didn't come in with a history of concussions, yeah. just like uh, Tua down in uh, in Miami. Uh, right. You know, to me, that 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 guy is one play away from retirement, and that would scare the heck out of me if he's my quarterback. Yeah. This guy is also could be one play away from having to to retire. Right. Um, I just my screen just went out, Joe. Uh, so uh, a screensaver. I, I couldn't look at you, Joe. So I <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Uh, where? How do I get that back up? Uh, uh, so yeah, that, to me, it's that's it's, that's a case of those two young guys. Where one case, I'm thinking, okay, the Vikings. I can't blame them for the concussions and stuff like that. The other one, it's like. You know, they, they could have seen this comment, and but it could still prove us wrong. He's young enough to prove us wrong. I think Caleb Evans does he have to start tackling differently? Because I mean, he's a he's a he's a pretty aggressive tacker. He's a small guy. Reminds me of uh, a little of Antoine Winfield in that way. But to get that many concussions uh, in the first season, I mean, maybe he's got to do something different. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think at this stage of a guy's life or career you can change who he is. Um, I think if you start changing who you are, you, you probably open yourself up to more injuries. That's uh, a good point. If, I mean, when these guys start, uh, I don't want to say they don't they don't think, but when they, uh, the great ones or the, even the good ones uh, or the bad ones when they're going good are playing in a in a at a speed where um, it's natural. It's they're not thinking as much, and uh, you know it's a reaction, and yeah. then they use their great. You know, they all, very few of them are, aren't don't have elite type athletic skills so uh i don't think you can change a guy like him at this point no he's got to play the way he plays does, does murphy has first name byron or brian byron is it byron byron murphy yeah is, is he is he kind of coming in uh rowing the same boat with and he's had some injuries coming in right the last last few years is, is, yeah he had a he had a back uh injury last year and i don't believe it was, he had surgery um but he only played like five games last year you know he's a guy that you know could be your leader he, he's kind of your uh, could be your number one corner i think yeah. that's how they they view him um and he's got the skills and he also learned from peterson uh, he, you know when, he, when peterson was with the cardinals so uh, you know you get a you get a good uh, good feeling about him but as a number one corner it's a that i'll, I'll keep that in my you know holy crap what's going to happen division there yeah well you're right i mean if suddenly i don't feel so uh so bullish on the Vikings to improve their defense. Uh, they, they might end by the end of the season calling Marcus Shirelles to come in and play a uh, Benny Sapp. Benny Sapp. Or, there, or there's another Benny Sapp now. The next, the updated version, Benny Sapp three or whatever. He can maybe he can come in. <laughs> they should have given that that guy. We can't, we can't think his name. He came in and saved the the cornerback room last year. That that small guy that did go. I want to say Denver, but I can't remember where he went. No, I went to Vegas. Vegas. Um, okay. Don't embarrass us anymore. Don't get, don't keep bringing it up. And we don't know his freaking name. Okay. You know? All right. I, I, I read stories on him and everything else. All right. Then that's that's the uh, most concerning. And then all of a sudden, suddenly, it seems like a no-brainer. The most concerning position, but the, probably the strongest position according to ESPN in that thing was the offensive line. And uh, 
it's kind of shocking to say that for a Vikings team. I mean, you know, it's been the, the uh, focus of derision from the fans for many years, uh, certainly uh, yelling at Rick Spielman for not addressing the offensive line. When if you go back and look, they, they did more, they made more uh, shots at addressing <clears throat> the offensive line than, than they get credit for doing. But uh, you know, Mark, talk about that. I mean, they got two tackles there that are, uh, uh, you know, looking pretty good. One of them's coming off an injury, Achilles injury, which is also concerning. But uh, uh, according to you, he's, he should be ready to go come come training camp and such. So talk about Darisaw and talk about uh, the whole offensive line for me, will you? Well, you know, four of the five offensive linemen are Spielman draft picks, you know, and they're uh all in the first or second round so right you know rick rick that was all we talked about when rick was here uh rick tried every year um made a lot of swings and misses especially at the end of the draft where he would always you know that fifth sixth seventh where he was trying to find someone and um typically didn't work out um unfortunately for rick by the time we get to this point where they're being ranked this is the ranking season because when there's you know uh, the, the media, we NFL disappears. It's the only time they disappear, but uh, we, we keep doing things. And the only way we can talk about is ranking stuff. So by the time we got to this point, Rick me, Rick is uh, is gone, long gone, and he's he's one of us. He's a media hack. Uh, <laughs> I see him popping up uh, videos, and uh, he writes for the 33rd uh, team website. Uh, I think it's 33rd team. Mark, anybody that gets a camera on their, their thing can do this, right? I mean, just like you and I. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, you know, and you're only as strong as your weakest link when it comes to these things, Joe. That's oh the way I, my God, that's, that's how I view you. That's probably how you view me, right? Hundred so, foot putt, man. Hundred foot yeah. putt. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, the thing is that uh, you know, Darisaw, um, and I didn't know this till I read it um, that he was number two on P for the the modern people that, that have a lot uh, whose hair is a lot more. There's a lot more of it, and there's lots a lot darker than us. They need to know what PFF says about a guy. So uh, PFF said that he was number two tackle behind only Trent Williams. And Trent wow. Williams is going to, the, the you know, f- f- five years, one second after five years that he's at, when he becomes eligible, uh, Trent Williams is going to go in the Hall of Fame as a first ballot, you know, Hall of Famer. Yep. And then Darisaw was uh, ranked number two among tackles behind him. Uh, you know, I don't. Darisaw certainly to me is up there. I mean, when you watch Trent Williams play, even at his age, he's a 50 year old guy or whatever it is. He plays as if he's like, uh, like a dad in the parking lot with a bunch of little kids, you know, even his physical, his, his, uh, his technique, his, his size, his physical nature. He's still like a, a dominant, dominant tackle. And Darisaw has that. The only thing, the only thing that, that the only ding that I would put on Darisaw is, Boy, you just can't trust that you know he's durable enough to always be there. There's going to be a couple of games where he maybe he doesn't play, and that's through no fault of his own. Uh, you know, I don't think because he had one that was the last year where it was a concussion where it didn't look that bad, and uh, he was out. And mm-hmm. so your left tackle, you typically, at least in the old days, you typically didn't want him ever leaving the field. No. But in saying that, when the guy's on the field, uh, he never looks like he's. Uh, he always looks like he's living an unhurried life out there. It's kind of like right. he's, there's no – he's not off balance. He's not rushed. He's uh, confident. Um, doesn't say a whole lot. You don't hear him say a whole lot. 
So yeah, I, I, I love him as a left tackle and yeah, that's huge for, I mean, look, look at what Rick Spielman, how, how long it took him to try and he got Khalil. He thought maybe, you know, Khalil's a, as a pro bowl player his rookie year and then just really kind of disappeared. Right. Uh, all the work that Spielman had to trying to build that offensive line, you know, Kwesi comes in and he's got a left tackle. He's got a right tackle. That is huge. Yeah. That's a huge advantage to have uh, for a guy. And O'Neill, you know, had the injury, but he should, he's, he's moving around fine. And in, uh, in these OTAs, he wasn't practicing, but he was off to the side. He looks like he's ready to, he'll be ready to go. So yeah, the, the, their strength, um, I think ESPN, their strongest position would be the, the tackle position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I probably would agree with that. I, I think the receiver position gives them uh, – you have to wait to see what um, Addison Addison does for them. I think receiver, just because you have the best one in the league and you also have a great number three, um, could could you know rival that as their best position. But uh, – I I'm okay with saying that those tackles are are the, their strongest point, which is like which is when especially when your quarterback is uh, is like Kirk who needs you know a, a pocket mm-hmm. passer and needs needs that time. Uh, that's a that's a big advantage. Um, I want, I want to touch a little bit on on the rest of the line, and you made a note to me here about guards, and I, I should point out that yesterday after after I made that hundred foot putt, you know, we went over to Lions Tap and and had a, had a burger. And, and the guy who sat down in the booth next to us uh, was none other than uh, hall of fame guard, Randall McDaniel, which was uh, pretty cool. He gave me this look like, you know, wondering if, wonder, probably wonder if I recognized him and I, and, and I did, but I didn't say anything to him, let him eat him, eat his meal in peace. But boy, I would have liked to have talked to him. What a, what a guy he is on the field that was on the field and certainly is off the field, but hats off to him. Anyway, what about the guard play? I mean, you sent me a note about uh, uh, Rick not being happy about uh, uh, how the guards were used in in, in the later years, and and uh, maybe segue to where, where the Vikings are at with their guards right now. Well, first, <clears throat> Randall McDaniel is one of my favorite uh, former former NFL players. Uh, he he was he wrote the foreword to my book. Um, nice and. Uh, it's over here, I guess. And he also, he also, um, you know, he's a, he's a teacher or a teacher's aide, uh, a guy that could be doing anything right now. A Hall mm-hmm. of Famer, one of the best guards to ever play. As Joe walks away from me, I'm listening. Um, you know, to me, he's just he's a wonderful person, a wonderful, was a great player. That's it. I got, I got to put that on Twitter because people are still buying that thing. Bye, bye, bye. Um, so Randall wrote, and he wrote it. It wasn't like I, I talked to him and interviewed him. He took the time to write, actually write it. Uh, and uh, we were at a golf, uh, um, a charity event, a charity event one time. I got, I got to tell this story. So they, they had, um, it was old, the old Rod Simon tournament, uh, out at, uh, uh Stone Ridge. Mm-hmm. Think. And <clears throat> Rod had a lot of, um, he had a lot of celebrities, but he had also had a lot of groups that he had to fill in. So uh, it's very distracting, Joe. Um, I know that's where that's Randall's uh, forward. So anyway, so he he would fill in. You know, I guess you might have to pay more for an actual celebrity, but they, he would have. Uh, and I, I, probably the most embarrassing days of my life was coming out to to greet a foursome as a quote celebrity. You know, because I'm in the mm-hmm. media. Uh, so one time uh, we were on the oh that was John Randall, but uh, John Randall was, comes up to his group and we're we're like the number two group, and here's. So John Randall, who I know, and John's great. Um, you know, he's their celebrity, and I'm back with these other guys. I, I couldn't help. I was like, 
I should say, guys, is how you must not have paid much. You must they must have paid a hell of a lot more for them to get John Randall and you to get me. So then I, you you tell John Randall stories or Randall McDaniel stories. But then afterwards, I bought a uh, a, a, a some sort of little uh, it's a helmet with a, a Hall of Fame helmet with Randall McDaniel's signature on it. So I uh, it's already signed. So I bought it because I you know you play in these tournaments, you want to give back and stuff. So I bought this thing and I'm carrying it out. And he goes, "What? Hey, Mark, what do you got there?" And I say. I asked some guy signed this and he goes, you know, I could have given that, given you one of those. And I said, no, no, I wanted to buy it. So, so great guy. Yeah. As far as the guy. Wait, 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 wait. Speaking of signatures, you think I could ever get one on this damn book by the guy who wrote it? I mean, I'm on a podcast with him every week. Hell no. You know, well, you send it to my people. I'll get it back to you. Yeah. Whatever. I'll send it with that beer. I owe you from last year. That's right. All right. Keep talking. So the guards, um, yeah, yeah uh, well, th- there was a lot of fractures with, uh, you know, obviously, as, as we saw after the fact. We know, it always happens to me, coach, general manager. Yep. Uh, and, you know, speaking of Rick building the offensive line, at the end, <clears throat> 2021 was, uh, or no, the year that where Dennis had stepped away, it would have been yep. 20, 2020, where he wouldn't COVID get. COVID year. It's a COVID back. He, yeah, he, and then, and then last year was 2021. And I know that Rick, um, when Dennison stepped away because he wouldn't get the shot, uh, Phil Rauscher came in and, you know, it was the, the offensive line play. And it was part, partly Zimmer, too. And uh, they kind of went away from the, the Dennison, uh, you know, Kubiak uh, zone running and stuff like that uh, to some more power stuff. And I know that, like, Spielman was uh, – that sort of rubbed him the wrong way because he he felt that he was drafting for a certain uh, system and they kind of went away from it, uh, you know. And then obviously the, on the other side they were like, you know, you need to draft. You should you need to be drafting guys who are more well rounded. Uh, but you know, I guess in defense of Rick, uh, he 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 put a lot of resources into the offensive line uh, and just and and got it to the point now where it is now. Unfortunately, they didn't, you know, <laughs> that regime didn't survive long enough to get uh, the true benefits of this right. offensive line. And Ezra Cleveland, who I, I don't think played as well last year, I don't know what the PFF numbers are, but I don't think he played as well last year as he did maybe the year before. Uh, uh, you know, Bradbury had a better year. I still I need to see him do it over a longer stretch. Right. And, and, the, and, and the rookie Ingram uh, certainly had a, uh, didn't have an, an impressive year, but the fact that he was there for every single, he played every single snap on offense tells me that, uh, you know, he should take another step this year. Uh, so I, and they better like him, don't they? They, yeah. they clearly, well, that, they have I think they'd like him, but I think they, they expect more from him. Yeah. And I, I think we'll, we should see that if, if the, if there's more of a, if there's a commitment in the weight room and, the, and he comes back looking, you know, like, uh, advancing his body more like an NFL player. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he, he's on that trajectory. I mean, if it'd be a different, if he had gotten benched or he got hurt, I mean, he was there for every single play for a team that went that won 13 games. So he had to be doing more right than wrong. I mean, as much as he did uh, catch our attention, uh, when he was you know, struggling or, or stepping on Kirk's foot every other yeah. sometimes, but, uh, there's something there to work with where, yeah, uh, for a long stretch of time, that right guard position has been a revolving door, and I think maybe he's that guy that can 
can shut it and uh, and play well. That'd be nice. It would be nice to uh, go into a season with an offensive line that has some continuity, has some time together, has some experience, and there are some question marks. You just brought them up. We'd like to see Ezra Cleveland bounce back. We'd like to see Grant Bradbury do it. Garrett Bradbury do it another year, and a, a step up from uh, for for Ingram. So uh, we'll have to wait and see if that happens. And and we got to have Brian O'Neill come back from from a you know, near devastating. It's a devastating injury, but it could have been worse. But uh, you know, you know that his talent is there, and he just needs to get back and get back in the deal and it could be fun. It would be great for Kirk and it, they're going to need the offensive play just as well as last year to win that division. Anyway, we're over time on this segment. So we'll take another break and we'll come back and have a little fun making, putting Mark on the prediction meter again. You know, he, he loves it so much. I mean, he's old school, so he doesn't like to make all those predictions, but we'll make him do it anyway. So just, back, yeah. Mike, what's that? I just take, you know, I just take him one prediction at a time. Joe. <laughs> Come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown and check that out. Thanks. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown, final segment for this week. Uh, we wanted to have a little fun. I want to put Mark on the hot spot and ask him ask him uh, to look in at his, uh, um, his crystal ball or his Ooh, another cliche divining rod or whatever he uses to make all his predictions. He doesn't do a whole lot of them. <clears throat> I think he does them grudgingly, but we'll make him do some more. Uh, we've got to know that Mark, talking about Randall McDaniel in the Hall of Fame, he's a Hall of Fame writer and voter, or voter for each year and pro, you know, uh, the Pro Bowl. So he's he's on the inside of all that. He knows what's up, and we always like to tack, tap his brain for that. But that's not what we're doing this time. I want to know, I'll start you with the softball. I want to get uh, know some stats leaders for the coming season and. Uh, who do you think is going to be the receive, uh, receiving yardage leader in 2023, Mark? Who could it be? Who possibly whoa, could it whoa, be? Whoa. Uh, KJ Osborne. the ball for that. KJ Osborne. What's that? KJ Osborne. <laughs> uh, you know, it could be. I mean, Wait, you know, next, I, come on, Joe. Next question. A guy named Jefferson will probably lead all these categories. Okay, who will be number two? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'd, if I had answers for one of the fantasy uh, football questions uh, for a, a magazine about whether what Addison and how Osborne, you know, yeah. I think that, um, I think Osborne is going to make the most of his advantage. His, uh, so I put the, uh, Addison will lead them. I'm going to say Addison will lead them in yards per catch. Cause he's going to have like, he's going to have one of those like 30 catch, but um, it's good. Some big plays, I think. Uh, so average per catch, I'll go with Addison as number two in receiving yards. I'm going to go KJ. I'm going to go TJ. You know, I, I think that he could, or at least, you know, that he's my guy for receptions. I think he's Kirk's, uh, his, his, uh, security blanket. And he's going to be, uh, you know, he might not get the yards cause he's not that huge after the catch, but, uh, he, he is, uh, he's going to be up there in that, uh, yeah, I, if I if I had, had thought of tight ends too, I might have done that. But I'm going to stick with what I uh, what I okay. said. So I'm All right, KJ. good. We can bet another beer on it that you'll <laughs> never pay me. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about touchdown leaders? JJ didn't win it last year. He was he came up one behind uh, Dalvin Cook, who's gone. So does that leave it wide open for the for just you know, overall touchdowns? Yep. Yep. Overall. Oh, touchdowns. I, I think uh, I think Madison will be a short yardage guy. He'll be a 
a goal line guy. Uh, I think Madison's going to lead him in scoring touchdowns. Now, I, I think Justin Jefferson needs to, lead, you know, uh, for his, we talked about this last week. I think on the MVP situation, he's got to he's got to have one of those big, you know, for him to have a chance to win MVP. I think they got to win, and he's got to have a big year. But he's also got to score a lot. Yeah, he's got he scored uh, nine last year. Nine, nine. <laughs> like, you know, only like eight, nine, ten, uh, but. He, if he can get up around that, you know, that Randy Moss range, uh, right, uh, that would be an MVP caliber type of player. But I'm going to go. Ahead. I'm going to say Madison. I, I, you know, I, th- I think they're going to be a. Be- I, I love Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin will gonna is going to add to any offense he goes to. But I, I come away feeling that they they can be a better offense. They could be. Uh, they can score more points. They can be a better offense without Dalvin Cook, and with that, and with Madison because of what. I feel like they'll be a little more powerful. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say that I wouldn't want to have – if the financials were right, I'd like to have them both. But I think Madison will score the most touchdowns by the Vikings. Madison's going to steal uh, – uh, snipe away some touchdowns from my guy because J.J. will take it down to the one-yard line and Madison will get all those those touchdowns, those short charges. But I'm going to go with Jefferson. I think uh, after last year, I think they're, they're – you know, that's going to be one of – He's not a diva, and he's the best in the league. So they say. I, I think that that number's got to go up for him, and that that's who I think will will have. So your so your most overrated player is going to be your touchdown leader now, Joe. That's correct, okay. sir. Okay. I'm slowly working my way back before the season starts. It, it, yeah, JJ's bandwagon. He'll be it's giving like, you he'll be giving you a cookie before you know it if you <laughs> keep keep buttering him up. Nice callback. If I can only get him on my fantasy football team, and my son keeps dealing them from me then 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 i'll be all all on board all in on jj um who's going to be the leading tackler mark you know now that uh, eric kendricks is gone uh you know i one would think uh and this is who i got obviously as osmo because i'm not as deep thinker as anybody else but you know he's gonna he's gonna probably get those but he he's gonna be starting in his second season start as a full-time starter as for the first time, you know, maybe he's he's got more to learn, and he might not be that guy. Who, who you got anybody else besides him? Oh, the the inside linebacker next to him, who I thought had a better year than Kendricks last year, was would be Hicks. I would have, mm-hmm. I would have him. Uh, you know, I think <clears throat> he's a good guy to have. Asamoah is uh, his his. I think his desire, his uh, explosiveness, his speed makes him a uh, you know an outstanding player. I don't. You know, I think it's going to take a lot. Of, it's going to take a, a time for him to to replace an Eric Kendricks. Yep. Uh, but I think it's just the you know sheer number of tackles. I'd go with the guy Hicks next to him. Did did uh, you know? So they kept Hicks and they had to get rid of Kendricks. You know, it it that had more to do with contract than anything because Kendricks didn't oh. lose that much, did he? Well, it had everything to do with contract. Yeah. You know, one one guy was, you know, one guy uh, was more expensive and and clearly not open to any kind of like Harrison Smith would if Harrison Smith took the same stance that Kendricks took, Harrison mm-hmm. Smith would be gone too. And Harrison even admitted that he thought about that uh, whenever one of the times he was available during the off season, but he wanted to come back, you know, uh, and play under Flores and all that. And you know, and uh, Kendricks wasn't going to give him the the discount and. I don't fault either one of them. You know, either one, each guy's got to make their own decision because the team makes its decision on a guy. The guy should be able to make a decision one way or the one way or the other on his own. So, yeah, and the other guy was his contract was up, but he he was more affordable and more willing to come back. So, 
Uh, and, and Hicks is, uh, you know, he had a lot of, you know, splashy plays last year. And yes. um, uh, he's a, it's kind of funny when you talk to him, he's such a kind of this, you feel like you're talking to a banker almost. And, uh, <laughs> but then he gets on the field and he's got a little, he's got a streak to him. He, not you know, if there's little, anything wrong with that, you bankers out there. That's okay. No, I don't, I don't meet too many bankers that can play like that. I have that kind of a aggression <laughs> on the field though. He was, um, yeah, he, he's uh, he can bring he can bring some violence too, so that's good. You know, that's interesting. I I, I thought about him when I was doing this, and I and I kind of go with the the Osimo pick. There's more risk in that one because he is young and he is learning and in a different style ball player. I guess I, I did. You know, I I loved Hicks last year, and it's because of those splash plays. I guess I didn't see him being, and I, I didn't look up his stats beforehand if he had the numbers, but uh, you know he's a good enough tackler and he tackles enough that you think he's going to have the most, they're going to come to him. Oh, I, I mean, I would imagine just by the nature of the position, one of the two would be yeah. there. Uh, and Asamoah certainly can get to, he can get to everybody he needs to get to. Uh, uh, it's just a matter if, if there's, if there's a, a Asamoah is a smaller guy. Uh, yeah. And so, and so is Kendricks. I mean, Kendricks is a small linebacker as well. Speed. Um, so if you, uh, if you have people in front of them, you know, like, when Kendricks had, you know, people uh, in front of him, it was, you know, Kendrick can get to a lot more. And, and I think Asamoah has got the speed. He can play side to side. He can cover. going to make a lot of tackles covering guys. So, yeah, I, I would think it would be one of those two guys. Or, or you know, and as, as the season get, if the defense gets – the worse the defense gets, the more possibility you have of, like, Harrison, Harrison Smith being your leading tackler and stuff right. like that, you know. Yeah, we don't want that. You know, they're they're tackling a guy ten yards downfield all the time, so you don't want that. It'll be fun to watch. Hicks has probably also got to do some tutelage with uh, Asimov and, and really bring him up uh, onto the position. So that'll be fun to watch that development there. How about your sack leader? Who are you going with there? Might not even be on the roster yet, Mark. Edge rusher Trey Flowers. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really go out on a limb. Well, it, maybe it is a little bit of a limb. I'm like, Daniel, I think Daniel Hunter. I, I don't see how they can get this close to the season without any other move, you know, to protect themselves against not having Daniel. I have a feeling they're gonna, they're gonna make Daniel happy. I don't know if it's happy long term or if it's happy just for this year, like they did last year. Mm-hmm. But I think Daniel Hunter. Uh, I can see it as clear as day being announced like on day one at camp or whatever. Daniel Hunter has been extended or, you know, taken care of in some way or shape or form. And he goes on and he, and he flourishes more so in this defense than he did last year. I, uh, I had the same guy, same reason. I think they're going to get it done with him, And, and yeah, it's a good point. I don't know if they're going to make him long-term happy, but uh, they got to do something to keep him here. And, and at this point you, you, this point you wouldn't want to cut them loose unless it, it, it went so bad and uh they got it you know they got they got room for him you know make some give the give the guys is due and, and and bring hunter in uh uh these next two and maybe you could you know you can even handle them both at the same time i got uh most passes defended and most interceptions who do you got for those two wow um... i know because we just talked about that cornerback room. We don't even know it could be a revolving door with all those injuries. You know, who's uh, I would say interceptions. I'll, I'll go with Murphy. I I have a feeling uh, I'm uh, totally throwing it at the wall here, but just, yeah. you know, 
their their um, their hope for him is to be their number one corner. I think he gets uh, he plays in the nickel, uh, plays the slot. Maybe he gets his hands on some more uh, passes and stuff like that. So I, I don't see a, like a ten interception guy or a, even maybe even a six interception guy. Um, but I'll go with him. I'll go with Murphy, and then the pass is tipped. I guess defended yeah. Uh, might be the same guy, but I'll, just to shake it up, uh, Evans. I'll say Evans. Okay. I took Murphy for passes defended just because uh, he is, like you said, going to be their number one corner guy, and and he's he's probably uh, savvier than some of these uh, r- rookies guys coming back from injury. And for me, it's going to be most interceptions. It's going to be Harry the Hitman, Harrison Smith. Well, yeah, I think – yeah, that would be a good a good one. Um, I probably should switch to him, but I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it interesting. I'll, I'll go with Murphy. Yeah, I just think that in this new offense, he's going to flourish again. He stuck around for a reason, and and maybe they're going to he's going to be able to do a number of different things that makes him in spots where there, it's going to be there. So I'm hoping to, that, that that's that's who I'll go with. But uh, um, well, I hope so because uh, the the other guy and I won't. I'm not going to share anything Harrison Smith uh, said or anything, but I, I, you know, I think everybody kind of, kind of knows that you know, Harrison was kind of wondering why he wasn't used, uh, like, you know, I mean, he had, he had a pretty good track record of things he could do, and we didn't see it last year. Right, and right. We didn't see the attempt uh, for to to have him do that, which was just, to me, it was kind of inexcusable. God, I, I, I'm just geeked to to watch how this new defense works. I mean, after watching the shell defense last year and being frustrated so many times last year, I just I, just to see what the scheme is. I, I don't know that much about it, but I know it's going to be different. I know it's going to be exciting. Uh, there's going to be some 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 crazy things happening out there. I think it'll be really be fun to watch this defense. Hopefully, they're they're capable enough to well to learn yeah. it and do it. And I think if um... There's reason for excitement if Daniil Hunter's on the field. If Daniil Hunter's not on the field, then I don't. Uh, you know, uh, a defensive coordinator can only do so much. If he doesn't, if he doesn't have the, if he doesn't have the pass rush, uh, he's kind of limited. You know, in what he can do. Um, so, that's all right. We we can, we are done for the for this this time. And so, thanks for coming in this week. And. Uh, uh, folks, we appreciate you being here each week for, for uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown. We lost Mark. But anyway, uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike, for producing behind the scenes. And uh, thanks, y'all, for tuning in. Until next week when we'll do it again, uh, thanks, Joe, and uh, Skull. Skull.